Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Okay, here we go. Well, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Brown Ambition family. Yes. I know you guys are probably like, where have you guys been? And we're back. It feels like it's been months, but it's only been two weeks. I know. <laughs> it does feel like it's been a long time. So going into the New Year, how, well, first of all, how, was your, how were your holidays? It was good. It was really good. My New Year's was very chill. Um, just spent it at home, Superman and friends and... Relax. I didn't even usually. I do like this whole reflection thing. I didn't. I just watched movies and hung out. That sounds exhausting. Yeah, I know. I was like, I don't feel like it. I'll reflect later. <laughs> I had some spurts of reflection. I just, I did the same thing. I mean, I had a quiet, well, not a quiet New Year's, but I had New Year's with friends. Mm-hmm. And then we, uh, so one of our friends' mom lives on this really nice little kind of cottage like house um, on a lake in upstate New York. And we all, Packed up and went up there for a weekend. And these are some of these friends I've had since I was 18, so for a decade. So it's I'm really happy because it's like our one time, a couple of times a year, we can all meet at this house and like hang out. And we didn't even leave the house at all. We just sat and we were like coddled by this friend's mother. And we Aww. just like played games and drank wine and watched like stupid TV and more games. It was kind of fun. But I don't know how the hell I'm going to work tomorrow. Oh, that's nice. I mean, that's uh, <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I'm I like, took a three-hour nap today when I got home, and I'm like, this is not the mode. I cannot be do- getting into the mode of taking three-hour naps at four p.m. It cannot happen. I was like, that sounds like my life. I'm a napaholic. <laughs> well, speaking of reflections, well, let me back up for a sec because you had a huge day today. Yes, which is why you sound depleted. Yes, <laughs> you have no idea. I was so tired. I, I've been like up all night, darn near like 24 hours and then just like napping in between time. So my body is like, we're not sure what's happening right now. <laughs> Let's start off buzzworthy by talking about the huge, the huge launch of the Live Richer Challenge 2016. Yes. So this is our second year. Um, so last year we had about 20,000 women sign up. This year, we just crossed the threshold of 60,000 women, holy which is like... Holy baloney. For <laughs> real? Oh, my God. I said I know. Baloney. That's crazy, isn't it? 60,000 women, <laughs> over 70 countries, what? all 50 states, and just managing it all. Like, so, for example, um, Tanya from MyFab Finance, she created this goal sheet. So, The challenge is a series of tasks that I send out in the beginning of the year to kind of help people get on track and specifically women. 
and it's free and it's cool and it's fun. And so I send these tasks to your email inbox and then you do the tasks every day and you do them within a community, a safe, loving, caring community. And so I told Tanya because Tanya created this awesome goal sheet for the first day of the challenge last year. And I was like, oh, make another one. So she did. And so the women, one of their task for today was to go to her site and to download this goal sheet, which was free and fill it out. It's really dope. What Tanya called me was like, so y'all broke my site. Oh, no. <laughs> Meanwhile, it was like 11 a.m. <laughs> she was like, no, for real. She said, I can't even get on to fix it. Like, we have to wait. Can you divert the traffic and stop sending people this way? <laughs> That was so fun. And I was just like, really? She was like, yes. I mean, I'm loving the love, but y'all y'all broke my sight. <laughs> so hilarious. it's just a whole different ball game now. Uh, I don't know. Somebody was like, how does it feel? And I'm like, what does feel even mean? I'm exhausted. <laughs> well, I mean, the challenge is not, I mean, the today is a huge launch, but it goes on for what, six weeks? Uh, no. So the challenge is 22 days. So it ends uh, January 25th, but then it automates because I want people to have access throughout the year. So at any time, like, let's just say you're like, oh, I'm not ready in January. I kind of want to do it in like March or October. You can still sign up at liverichardchallenge.net and start it at any time. But the beginning of the year is special because we collectively, like everyone, the 60,000 women that have signed up, all 60,000 are receiving the same email every day. They get diverted to our online private Facebook group where all 60,000 of us are kind of like kumbayaing and like, oh, did you do this? Did this work for you? You know? So it's just been great. And you're focusing on the savings element this time mm-hmm. around, right? Yeah, savings and abundance. Like, how do you save a little bit more? And then how do you make a little bit more? Because it was like the number one thing women ask for. That's awesome. I'm so proud of you. Congratulations. (laughs) I know you're tired. So let me be the one to be excited. (laughs) I'm like, I had a very relaxing day and I have the energy. (laughs) On the outside, I'm like, my bed, my bed. Man, no, but I'm excited. Though. Like today, it like hit me in spurts. Like, whoa, Tiffany, this is crazy. And then I was like, I need a bed. So yeah, and I still have work to do. Just because when you launch something, you know, there's always little things that on the front end, people don't see things that are going wrong. But on the back end, I'm like, we Sites switched. are crashing. Exactly. So you're just like, ah. And honestly, I'm way more chill than I was last year. I was so freaked out. I was like, eh, well, the site crashed. I mean, we'll fix it. So well, it's exciting. And you have to keep us updated. And so the website, again, is liveretrochallenge.net, right? Mm-hmm. I might need to sign up this year because I had a revelation that I have a wedding to say for. Yes. Like I kept saying, after the new year, after the new year, I'll think about it. And then I'm like, whoa, here we are. Exactly. <laughs> yep. I didn't win the lottery. Yeah, exactly. Did No one won yet, did they? Uh Oh, so yeah. Is it like a bunch of money right now or something? 100 million or something like that. Superman was like. 100 million? Yeah, but then he was like, but that would require me leaving the house. What did he say? He said, this is stay your behind at home weather. It is cold. (laughs) Exactly. I came home to a cold New York. Winter hath cometh. Yes. uh, Well, I did read a story about a couple in London who Mm -hmm. thought they won the lottery. Apparently, they were doing it like on an app on their phone or something like that. But they were like technologically challenged and they didn't actually submit their numbers. (gasps) But the numbers they picked were the winning numbers. Oh. So they called to collect their gajillions of dollars and they were told, sorry, your payment was – your like payment for the ticket was processed six hours after the drawing closed. What? And so they didn't get their money, which is so yep. sad. I, w- I don't even know what I would do with my life. I just would walk into a wall and just be like – it's like so close yet so far away. Oh, man, that really sucks. I don't do lotteries though, honestly. I don't get the whole like – 
the mentality around, oh, it's $400 million, so now let's all go buy tickets and make it even more less of a chance that you <laughs> won't win. <laughs> like, exactly. I'm like, give it to me when it's $1 million. Let's see y'all in this pot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, no, I never – um because I don't know. I'm just kind of like, eh, I'm not going to win anyway. I mean, I guess it's possible, you know, to win, but I'm like, you're more likely to make the money on your own. I think there's two kinds of people in life, people who play the lottery and people who don't play the lottery. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I just don't see it. But um, anyway, I'm sorry for them. But yeah, we'll see who wins this time around. Um, something else. <clears throat> excuse me. Woof. I haven't talked in a long time, apparently. <laughs> so you know how every holiday this ha- this has been happening. You know Uber. You use Uber, right? Yes, I saw that. It's the best. I feel like by now, people should understand what surge pricing is. At first, when Uber announced surge pricing, which is like when there's when their algorithm shows a lot of demand for cars, they jack up the prices like two, three times um, the normal rates, which is a really terrible thing to find out if you don't have any warning. But like mm-hmm. one of the things that Uber does is they, because I've had this happen to me. It happened to me when it was it was like raining. It was five p.m. rush hour on like a Thursday night, and they surged the pricing two and a half times. And I had to hit like, not only did I have to say yes, I accept surge pricing, but I had to then type in yes, I accept surge pricing. And the surge pricing is, and I had to type in two point five to show that I like understood, understood it. Mm-hmm. And yet on New Year's Eve, people woke up. I'm assuming drunken in a drunken state. And we're like, what the hell? Like, I was charged $322 because Uber had, like, for New Year's Eve, they jacked up prices by, like, 10 times. Mm-hmm. I saw that. That's normal crazy. Price. It's, I mean, like, you can call it. I mean, yeah, it's price gouging and it's crazy. But, like, at the same time, there's other cabs. I mean, like. But also, this is what part that, I mean, I understand the surge because I've definitely used Uber in the city and that's happened. I'm they're like, oh, we're experiencing a surge. It's three times more. I'm like, won't get my money. Hey, yellow cab. You know, but from what I understand, and I don't know how true this is, but that people agreed to like the surge of like three times the amount. And then the driver kept dropping and re-adding them. Oh, so, so the surge would increase? Yes, but the, but you didn't you didn't you didn't have to re-accept the surge. You see what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so like you were getting the nine point five surge even though you agreed to the three point five surge. You see what I mean? Oh, that that's, that's what up. So yes. you can definitely complain to Uber about yes, that. Yes, for that. And like I said, I don't know if like if that's, you know, technically possible, but that was one of the posts that I saw that this woman was like, I agreed to the 3.5 surge, but the driver kept dropping like our Uber, you know, connection or whatever. And then by the time he got to us, it was more, but I was not aware of that because I didn't agree to that surge. Yeah, that is nefarious practices, right? Yes. <laughs> there has to be a way around that, if that's true. Like, if you're an Uber driver, let us know if that's possible. You know, that would be kind of interesting. But yeah, you could yeah. tweet us at the BA podcast. Um, because I'd like to know, like, was she just making that up because she's pissed? Or is it possible to kind of do that? I mean, there's probably an asshole out there. I don't I don't doubt the ability of, of humans to take advantage of other drunken humans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. <laughs> Yes. I mean, I feel like bar pe- people at bars feel the same way, like bartenders. Yes. Oh, you know, it's New Year's Eve. Have all the champagne, you know, yep. YOLO, whatever. Um, but that sucks, man. I'm so glad. I, st- this is, I, I haven't been out on New Year's Eve, like to a club, like where you spend like $150 and you get the wristband and whatever since 2010. Mm-hmm. A night upon which I tried very hard for the last six years to forget. But um, ever since then, I've been like, nope, not leaving the house, staying home. And it's been the best decision ever. For wallet yeah. and mind. Yeah, I feel like once you get to a certain age, somebody was like, you know you're from New York if you've never seen the ball drop in person. 
<laughs> why do people why didn't you say superman wants to do this which is yeah, oh no yeah i was like yeah i mean first of all i knew i mean if you know about superman he is the ultimate old man stay at home i was like yeah uh-huh sure you're gonna go out there <laughs> i was like you don't even like you don't even like to go to like people's houses how are you gonna go to new york city he's like i've always wanted to do it i'm like watch it on tv of course he didn't even leave the house let alone go to new york to see the ball drop in person i feel the same way about sporting events most of them like why would i First of all, football is hard for me to follow what's happening when I'm staring at it on a field. But like if I had the announcers and those handy dandy little yellow lines that they draw and they like tell me, you know, like, why would I want to watch that in the stadium? It just exactly. Seems, just seems silly. But um, I'm glad you had a good New Year's. I'm glad you had one, too. So speak. So one of the um, one of the things that happened this weekend was so obviously I was like hanging out with all my good friends and we're kind of corny. We all met at like. We met on this volunteer trip. We did alternative spring break in college, you know, where you go a week and you, like, rebuild houses and whatever. Oh, um, that's nice. It was it was the best. We did. It was right after Hurricane Katrina back in 06, which I can't believe was 10 years ago now. I know. But um, so we've, you know, and, and we were all, it was, at the time, it was 50, no, it was 100 kids, two from each state in the country. So we were far flung. And this was right in early days of Facebook. So it's been really cool that we've all sort of, most of us have managed to like maintain our connections and stuff. And I'm telling you, like, these are some of the strongest friendships that I have. Um, and I, maybe it's because I'm getting older, or like I'm reflecting, um, thinking about my guest list and stuff like that. <laughs> but um, so we were sitting, we were all sitting around on the first night of our little vacation. And one of my friends, you know, because we're kind of corny camp kids, he was like, you know, go around and say, what's the one word that describes your 2015 and what's the one word you want to describe your 2016 and one of my friends said 2016 he wanted to all be I think it was I don't know if it was he or she I forget said he wanted it to all to be all about relationships okay. um which was right after I had said I wanted to be all about making money so I felt kind of like like oh I'm the Scrooge but um <laughs> but it got me thinking and I went on it and I just so happened to find this TED talk um, which is on their website right now. It was it was posted this weekend, all about this seventy five year old study where they have been following over seven hundred men since the nineteen thirties, and of those ex- of those original men, there's just a few dozen that are still alive. But they've been following them all these decades, and recently their wives too, to find out what the key to happiness is. Okay. And what do you know? But the TED Talk guy, I forget his name. I'm sure he's some expert um, director of this study said that the key to the happiness of the men all these years has been the quality of the relationships that they've built, like regardless of wealth and um, where they lived and and things like that. Not only did it make them happier, but they live longer Mm. and it improved their health. And while I don't think, I don't know, it just got me thinking, it made me really happy that we like have tried to like once a year, twice a year, get together, even though it's so hard, you know, we all are busy and we yes. all have crazy jobs. Some of us are in school, we're building businesses and whatnot, that we still get together. Um, and then it also got me thinking about how relationships have helped me in my career. And I feel like sometimes people forget that relate. If you, if you approach your career from a relationship perspective, like yes. not just from the money angle. And I feel like that it can completely change your perspective on how you gain wealth if you come at it from this place of I'm going to build relationships and from those relationships I build, it's likely that good things will come my way. 
No, I agree. Because if you, I mean, I think when you look at anyone who's been super successful and just or just people that you know, so many times things have happened just because you know someone or you like someone or you think, oh, she's nice or she's cool. or She's, you know, I remember like you, you interviewed me for like Business Insider, like, I don't know, like at the start of my business. But then we became cool. And then we hung out at FinCon. And I was like, oh, I like Mandy. But I wasn't, you know, I wasn't looking at like us hanging out as a business relationship or that it was going to turn into anything other than, oh, that's that girl Mandy I'll see from time to time, you know? Right. And then now here we are. We have like this uber awesome podcast that would not have happened had that initial kind of like spark of a relationship started. Absolutely. And I'm really grateful for our relationship because I feel like it's been a nice balance of like professional and personal and and I wish I had more like it like it. Yeah. And I feel like it's it's against my character as a closeted, I'm not closeted, but like intro, I'm an introvert in a lot of different ways. And I mean, I met you at a conference where every moment of that, that was my very first time at this, at this uh, conference. I didn't really know anybody. Mm-hmm. And I really felt this urge to just like hide the yes. entire time, you know? And um, yeah, I, I feel like, and every year I kind of get a little bit better at, uh, in relationships can be scary, approaching strangers, yeah, talking to sure. people. As you get older, everyone seems like they're so settled and they already yes. have their friends and, like, they don't need any more. Exactly. <laughs> you know, it's so crazy because people think, like, I'm so, like, friendly and outgoing. Honestly, no, I'm not. Like, in if you put me on stage, yes, I'm going to turn on and I'm like, yes, you know. But if you put me in a room, I'm never the type to be like, I'm just going to go up to these group of strangers and say, hey, how you doing? Like, I'll just sit in the corner and be quiet. Like, I'll eat lunch by myself. I don't – I'm not as – it's like – I don't really consider myself introverted, but I'm certainly not as, uh, I'm not as friendly. I mean, I'm friendly, but meaning like I'm just not as outgoing as people think. I'm not one to make the first move for people who I don't know. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so FinCon was one of those places too where, you know, honestly, I spent a lot of time because it was in uh, New Orleans. It was I spent a lot of time like walking the streets of New Orleans getting food. <laughs> Oh my God, the Right? So that's when, when you were like, oh, you want to go for a walk? I was like, oh, I have a friend. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right? You never know what the other person's thinking. I'm thinking, oh my God, it's Tiffany. Oh my God, it's Tiffany. Oh my God, I'm getting Whatever. sweaty. She's a budget nista. <laughs> um, yeah, and I, I, I hope that I will can, I want to get better at that in 2016. Um, I mean, it's something that I feel like I haven't been terrible at, but I, I feel like you can always work on relationships. It's It's like, and it can be exhausting to think about, man, like reaching out to people. But I'm looking at my fridge full of Christmas cards right now feeling guilty because I didn't do Christmas cards this year. <laughs> but you know what? What the hell? Like I can still write a card. Um, I have a drawer full of stationery that I'm obs- I used to be obsessed with sending little notes and I've kind of fallen off. So I'm going to try and make that my like goal for 2016 is to see um, if I can improve some relationships professionally and maybe personally that – I haven't maybe been as great at maintaining lately. Yeah, that is definitely one of my goals because I'm like so, I mean, I could just work myself to death and I'm like, Tiffany, I kind of don't want to do that for 2016. Like, it, you know, in the beginning when you start something, you put so much effort into it because you have to because if you don't work, you don't eat. But mm-hmm. I'm still in grind mode even though I don't technically have to be. And I'm like, well, let's learn to pull back. And like I spent like a lot of time with family this um this holiday kind of break a lot of time and like just today um superman took the day off of work and he's like i don't feel like going to work today i said okay and even though it was launch day and there were things that going wrong i was like you want to hang out and he was like 
no, you have work to do. I was like, no, it's fine. Even though it closing my computer was like so painful, like my computer. <laughs> and we went to, and we went and we, um, we did this thing called pole position. Have you heard of that? It's a, um, indoor, uh, track, uh, like, um, what is it called? Go-kart racing, but it's like the next level. And it was so much fun. And the people there really took it too seriously. I'm like, really dude? Like <laughs> people there like clearly are like pole position addicts, but we had so much fun. And then we went to get lunch together from like our favorite um, restaurant. And so that's what I want to do more of like taking the time to stop and say the work will literally always be there. Take a moment, relax, and then get back to work later. That's amazing. Especially on your launch day. I, bet, I, know. I bet he really appreciated that. No, I think he did. Cause then Just later the act after of closing the computer and saying, I, I have know. time for you. <laughs> Exactly. It was literally so hard. I was like, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. Even though my mind, I was like, Tiffany, there's so many emails coming in. And I'm like, you know what? And there are just going to be so, there's just always a lot of emails launch day because someone always didn't get something or someone doesn't understand something. And I'm like, it's, it'll be fine, Tiffany. Like, yeah, exactly. Like no one, you're not a doctor. So no one's going to be like, oh my God, you weren't here. So I lost my new heart or whatever, you know? I had to remind myself that recently about not taking time off from work. I'm like, mm-hmm. if you don't show up, sorry to your ego, but the world is going to go on. Like, yes. people will still visit Yahoo Finance if yes. you're <laughs> not at your desk. So, like, yeah, I know sometimes you do take it because you're like, I've got to be here. And you're an like, really? Like, sometimes it's an excuse for lack of building relationships, too. I think people hide behind their work. Yes. God, just like, don't be afraid of getting out behind the desk. My desk is like, I feel like I'm chained to it every day, but I'm like, am I really chained? I don't see any shackles. I can get up and mingle and like, you know, walk around and stuff. But you get in that groove and you get in this like, um, and in some ways it's comforting to think, oh no, this is the way it is. This is the way it's supposed to be. Yes. You know, so here's to more relationships and not more, but better quality relationship time with coworkers, with family, with, I don't know, randos on the street, who knows? <laughs> exactly. Because it's just, what's the point? If not, you know, like, I don't want to be old and alone. Exactly. Or just like, I don't want, I want to be able to like, I mean, I enjoy life, but I want to just, just at another level. I don't like, you know, lately I've been feeling like the next level of like, I don't know if it's stress but like, and I mean, I'm, I love doing the budget, Nisa, but I don't love it as much I, as I used to because I'm always doing it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Tiffany, what else brings you joy? And I had to think and I'm like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> and I'm like, dang, you used to like, I used to take the train to the city, although I'm not doing this anymore. But I used to take the train to like Harlem and just walk around or like I was a, an avid reader. Of all types of books. Like, you know, I love romance novels, but then I loved inspirational novels and I love biographies. And, you know, so, but I don't even read as much as I used to. And I've actually babysat my nephew, my uh, new nephew. He's four months. I'm like, I told my sister, even though I had work to do, I'm like, drop him off. So she dropped him off for a few hours. And of course, he cried the whole time until Superman held him. And then he looked at me like, eh. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, that's nice. <laughs> I know. But, you know, so just, To me, 2016 really is a year of balance, of like, you know, doing the, remembering the other things that I love. Because what I've learned is that you can't just do one of the things you love because then you're going to grow to hate it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so, like, you have to ask yourself, like, you know, what's the mix? What's a good mix for what you love? You know, a little bit of work, a little bit of boo, a little bit of family, and kind of getting that in. And a happy Tiffany means people will continue to look at you, especially from the Live Richer Challenge, and say, okay, if she's happy, 
Exactly. And they're going to buy into what you're selling. You know what I mean? Not if you're like haggard and. I know. <laughs> like, I'm tired. What? I used to. Like, here's the live richer challenge. I did it. <laughs> Leave me <laughs> alone. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, sometimes I would get emails and I'm like, what does this mean? But now I've just like, I've learned to just, I don't know, plus two, you know, it helps. So one of my friends, and this is why it's good to have peers and mentors and other people in your life kind of that you can kind of like tap into. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of my friends, her name is Mimi G style. And she is dope. She's like out of California. She's got like a million Facebook followers or she was like an overnight success. It was like in like a year she just kaboomed like her her brand. And so I couldn't think of anybody else to reach out to to ask, like, what do you do when you're kind of like out of sorts or feeling overwhelmed? And she just gave me such great advice. She said, honestly, Tiffany, you have to set clear boundaries. And know you hear that. But then she gave me some boundary suggestions. And she was like, for example, she does not answer financial, not financial, but she Mimi G style like makes her own clothes. So she's like, I don't answer sewing questions on social media platforms behind the scenes, like on Twitter or Instagram. She said, because there's so many inboxes, I can't possibly manage all of them. So I just don't. She said, if someone doesn't take enough effort to go to my website, she's like, it's my name, it's my handle, it's all over everywhere, and then click contact me and ask the question there, then I'm not going to answer behind the scenes. And at first I was like, no, you have to be accessible. But I thought about what she said and I started implementing it and no one has died. And she's right. If someone really has a question, they will find you in the appropriate way, which is your email inbox versus asking on Twitter, hey, girl, so how do you retire via 140 characters? <laughs> and so, like, just, like, setting, like, clear boundaries. Or, like, now, too, I don't answer because Facebook was a huge place for people that hit me up in my private inbox. So I don't answer um, those questions um, anymore there. Yeah, so setting boundaries is just one of my core things for 2016 as well. Yeah, that goes for you too, Burn Ambition fam. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We say our email address on every podcast. Um, No, it's great. So if you want to email us, we'll put (laughs) burnambitionpodcast at gmail.com. Good segue. We actually got a really good uh, reader question today, which we can share later, I think. Okay. Let's move on to the next. So we're looking for, well, do you have any, um, not buzzworthies, do you have any brown breaks, breaks, brown breaks? I want to continue. I want to double down on my brown break. This is not a cop out. I really thought about it. <laughs> I want to double down on my brown break from last week or the week before, which was to um, go on a spending cleanse for January. Um, okay. I haven't, well, I had to pay gas for my trip this weekend, but other than that, I've kind of been good. I just turned down, like I just filled out a seamless order and then I deleted it after like staring at the screen for 10 minutes because I'm like, (laughs) this is not, so I'm deleting my seamless app. That's a huge money suck for me. Okay. Um, And I'm just going to try and go back to basics. And it's not that I need to be pinching pennies necessarily, but I want, I feel like I have been spending a lot for like kind of chasing like little spurts of fun and like Mm -hmm. enjoyment or whatever. And like, it's not really helping me. And I feel like I'm getting back into the sort of like the spiral of just spend, spend, spend without thinking about it. And I want to, yeah, kind of get out of that. So I'm going to, I'm going to really try and not spend money in January. Luckily I've already, I bought tickets for a couple of concerts like in November. So I'm still going to have fun, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to spend that much this month. Well, that's a good brown break. It's like me for me. My brown break is really to, I'm going to take any brown break from 
um, from stress. So now I was going to say overworking, but more so from the emotional part of it. So I'm just like, yeah, it's every, nothing is really that serious. So I told myself, okay, I'm going to take a brown break from always because I'm like super sensitive. And also, too, I care a lot. So I'm like the, the typical middle child, like, like me, love me. What did I do? Tell me how to fix it. I'll do anything. You know? <laughs> and so I'm like, man. That is very, like, tiring and stressful, especially as you start to invite more people into your life. And so I'm just like, yeah, I'm going to take a brown break from that. And and I told myself that just to chill, and actually I'm going to do the opposite of you because I never spend anything. I'm always like, well, it's a little bit too much. Oh, I'm not going to get that. And I'm like, Tiffany, you haven't bought yourself anything, like, outside of stuff that's, like, technical stuff that I need for business, you know? Like, even my clothes, anything that's new, it's always like, well, this is a budget needs to outfit. So I'm like, no, I'm taking a brown break from penny pinching too. I'm going to do two brown breaks from stress and penny pinching. 2016, I'm finally going to upgrade my car. I have a 99 Toyota Camry. Yeah. It's like, yes, <laughs> I've had that car. It's my second car of my adult life. I've had that car. When I got the car, it was already eight years old. <laughs> so I'm like, Tiffany, it's okay to get yourself something a little bit nicer. You've been working hard for it. So you might see me in a range. It's like, I don't know. I don't know. Something nice, but I don't know. Something befitting someone who works hard. So brown break from penny pinching and brown break from stress. Things that matter. A quality car is a good investment. It is. Man, I feel that same way about my glasses right now. My glasses are so scratched up. And I'm like, Mandy, your handbag costs more than it would be (laughs) to replace these glasses, which you use every day, which you need to see and not to die and work. And yet I'm just like, "Mm, I can handle this. No, I can't. The scratches are out of control. Oh, thank goodness for a new round of insurance. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. It renews in January, right? Mm-hmm. They'd be killing me with that, like, one. you only get contacts or glasses, and I'm like, but I wear both. What do I do? <laughs> what shall I do? I'm just going to buy both, damn it, because it's an investment. So this week, we have a reader question from Makara. Makara, thanks for sending us an email. She has a really, really good question that I think a lot of people can relate to. So Makara, who is of Cambodian descent, she's Cambodian-American, um, says she has a question. She'd like to continue building her career in the project management field, and she's worked really hard on getting to a place where she feels financially secure. But she's torn because she wants to go to Cambodia for a year and really dive into her heritage, be around her language and their culture. Um, She said she came here when she was four years old and her family was on government assistance. Mm. Um, She never grew up with parents working in corporate America. And it sounds like now she finally is. She's 33 and she's getting into the groove of her career path and project management. However, like a lot of people... um, her age, our age, she doesn't have a lot of money saved and absolutely nothing, she says, in retirement, um, which she's not so proud of. So now she has a question. Mm -hmm. Her mother wants her to buy a house so her mother can come and live with her. She says, culturally, I don't mind doing that, but I'm not ready financially and emotionally. She wants to live in Cambodia for a year to get it out of her system before, quote unquote, settling down with my mom. Mm -hmm. She says, I want to speak my language and experience my culture before I finally have to be an adult adult. We'll talk about that. Okay. Um, However, would I be losing a lot financially if I go work in a country with less earning potential? She thinks the answer is obvious, but she wants to know if this is something that, you know, it's too late for her. Should I have done this in my 20s? It took me a long time to get to where I am today because 
Um, another aspect to her story is that her father passed away when she was 22 and she had to shell out a lot of money to help pay for his funeral expenses. It's taken her a full decade to get back to a place where she feels financially healthy since he's passed away. So essentially her question, Makara, is should I stay or should I go? I mean, well, I would say this, Makara, um, that if you, it's, it, to me, the age is not as big of an issue. I mean, I didn't start my business really until I was like 30, 31. Um, but at the same time, I get what you're saying financially. You want to make the best financial choice. But to me, this is the type of thing that think with your heart first and then figure out how to make it work with your head. You know, because there's nothing worse than a life with regrets. I would hate for you to be 50 and be like, you know what, 33, I was a stinking baby. Because I have a lot of older friends. And so when I used to tell them, like, I don't know if I should do it. I'm 31. I'm getting so old. They'd be like, what? I'm 45. (laughs) Girl, you're a baby. Go for it. (laughs) And so, yeah, I think that you can make it work financially. Um, Cambodia, the cost of living, um, I've heard, is significantly less. Um, Right, Mandy? Didn't you say something about definitely trying to figure out a way to work in Cambodia? Absolutely. And I mean, I well, first of all, what I was going to say is I think you can make this really affordable. Mm-hmm. I think I think that Southeast Asia and this in the area in Cambodia can be very affordable to travel, not to mention it sounds like you have family roots there. I would say work those family connections and see if there's a place you could stay for free even um, and for, or for a little bit of money. And project management may be a skill you find that could be transferable to a job in Cambodia. Yes, you'd be making less, but maybe you could save while you're there even because the cost of living would be so low. Um, I would say you haven't really mentioned – she hasn't really mentioned like what her idea of life in Cambodia could be. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know if she wants to travel to you know, at luxury resorts or something like that. But maybe you're having trouble um, envisioning yourself there because your expectations of what your travel there might look like aren't really in line with what you could afford. Yeah. Um, but I say I say go for it. I don't think Me that too. 30, I don't think thirty three is too old at all. I don't think life ends in your twenties. I hope not. No, for sure. It I does only not. got two more years to live. <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, it doesn't. And definitely, there were times like, for example, in my twenties, I was always like, well. I wanted to travel, but I was like, well, I should save and I should stock away and I should. And it wasn't really till I hit my early 30s that I was like, I should have done these things in my 20s. So I did them in my 30s. Like my first three or four years of my 30s, I'm 36 now. I spent it like I was 25. I like shared a room. Like I lived in a room in a house. I had a little beat down car. I traveled the world all the time, even though I'd had no money. I mean, within a span of like three or four years, I went to like over 20, nearly 30 countries. And I, I wasn't even working. I'd lost my job due to unemployment. And I um, was like, I had a house that, well, let me not say that online. Anyway, <laughs> I was, let's just say I was renting out some property and I was using some of that money to, to, to travel with. And it was totally not the probably the most um, responsible way to be financially, but I wasn't completely irresponsible, but I'm so glad that I chose to explore and kind of like live this other side of life. And if you're not ready, believe me, a house is a big responsibility. So that is not something that you should do for someone else. You know, definitely you want to be ready for that because that's going to take a huge uh, financial chunk out of what you're making. So if there's something you kind of want to do and explore, do it. But like I said, lead with your, your heart as far as doing it, but use your, your mind to figure out 
how can I do so in the most financially responsible way possible? But yeah, go for it. Life is so short. You don't want to look back and be like, why didn't I go? And the other you know? part of, I totally agree. Absolutely. I mean, after college, I turned down a job offer and traveled for six months in South America. And everyone said I was crazy, including my little brother who thought he was like my business manager. Um, but it was the best. Not only did it help me. I mean, I know, again, I was I was young, but like it, I feel like I, I believe wholeheartedly it made me more um, a better candidate for jobs when I returned in terms of my experience and the fact that I'd been somewhere else and I had interesting stories and perspective. Um, but I wanted to go back to the, like you mentioned her mom, which is a huge part of this question. I feel like it's this pressure from her mother to buy a house and then have her come and live with her. And I think that culturally, this is very common in, um, pretty much every culture besides America, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. it's quite common for the parents to move in with the kids. And I think that can be, you know, a good thing. It's, it's, and I mean, obviously it makes sense over, I mean, it, it makes sense from like, an uh, evolutionary standpoint, like you need mm-hmm. help, like you need help with rearing children. And we see why parents would want to move home. The parents need support from the kids as they get older and they can offer childcare or whatever. But if that's not the place that you're in right now, um, I think that you shouldn't feel pressured to rush into purchasing property um, just to sort of fulfill this cultural responsibility. And, and it's not like you couldn't do it in the future. Um, she doesn't say if she has any siblings, maybe if she's an only child, there's an extra pressure, which mm-hmm. can be really tough, you know? And especially now, if you don't have kids, man, now's the time to really go for things. And she says she wants to do this before she has to be an adult adult. Exactly. <laughs> we <laughs> all know funny. about that. <laughs> adulting is hard, but it already sounds like you're doing a lot of adulting. Like yep. at the age of 22, you stepped up and helped your mom pay for your dad's funeral expenses and just dealing with the grief of losing a father that young. Um, that's a lot of adulting you've already done. So maybe you deserve a chance to make up for a time you probably lost in your 20s when you were sort of taking on more of your household responsibilities. And I don't think you should feel guilty about that at all. Agreed. And there's something that one of my favorite writers, Cheryl Stray, um, Cheryl Strayed says, um, she also has a podcast called Dear Sugar and she's and where she takes questions from readers and she always says that when she gets questions from readers, she can tell that the re- – that the, not readers, um, listeners, she can tell that the person writing already knows what they are – they already know the question, the answer to their question or mm-hmm. what they want to hear. And I feel like Makara really knows she should go mm-hmm. and knows she wants to, but hey. If it helps for us to say we support you, then we support you. Yes. Just write. I want you to send me a picture of you in Cambodia. Like, hey, girls, we're here. I'm here. And if you, you never mean, know. You might find your future husband in Cambodia. I mean, it's a beautiful place I've heard. Mm-hmm. I haven't been, but I've heard that. I've heard that as well. And it is super affordable. So there's resources out there. I mean, look, just look at budget travel in Cambodia. I, I guarantee you can make it happen, especially if you get that how that family connection to help you with your living expenses. Or so. even doing something online. Like how dope would it be if maybe you were to blog or you found some sort of job that you can work online. So that way you can make, you know, um, the American dollar, but be living on Cambodian expenses. You know, you might actually save more. There's a lot of people who met, who work out freelance work beforehand with American based companies, or maybe your job would even let you, or you can do consulting. Project management is like a very common like job, maybe there's consulting opportunities mm-hmm. out there. Um, I would say, yeah, don't limit yourself. And I mean, we have to um, sort of wrap up this question now. But if there's any other um, progress you make on this, like definitely email us. Let us know. We want to hear all about your plans. 
and see if you make it. Yes, go, go, go. Now <laughs> I want to go on vacation. I know. Wins. My wins, just to bring things full circle, I have to say that my win was the time I spent with my – unfortunately, I didn't get to spend time with my family this holiday except for my dad, which was nice, um, which I mentioned, which – it was tough. It was as tough as I thought it was going to be not to be with my mom Christmas morning and I had like my baby moment of like, you know, oh, I'm lost in the world. <laughs> um, but, you know, taking the time to spend time with these really special friends who I see just a few times a year this weekend was – was completely reinvigorating and it really recentered me and my focus for the new year. So I'm just grateful to them. And I know a couple of them are listening. Um, so I just want to say I love them and I really value their friendship. And um, I mean, that's what's really important. And I'm really grateful to them for that. And honestly, my win is really similar too. that I want my win to be that I was really able to spend time with my family. It wasn't just like, oh, Christmas morning. No, like yesterday we had like a family brunch and it was nice to have all my sisters, my mom, my dad, my sister's husband and her new baby and to hang out. And then afterwards, I hung out with my older sister who lives in Chicago. And so it was just nice. It was just a lot of family time and to hang out with Superman and Supergirl. And so I spent even though it probably was like the busiest time of the year for me, I actually took the most time off, which was really nice. And so that was definitely a win for me. And I know that once the dust, settle, the dust settles from launch week, hopefully you can step back and appreciate the amazing work that you're doing. I mean, you tripled the literature challenge in a year. <laughs> tripled. <laughs> I know. I know a so, lot of companies that would love to triple their user base. In a I year. know. And honestly, I was looking behind the scenes on like the Budget Nista page uh, on, on Facebook. I was like, wait, we had like a reach of like 800,000. I'm like, what? Wow. Yeah. Are you listening, sponsors? Are you listening? Exactly. <laughs> you already know how I feel about them sponsors. I love y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Well, congrats, and I can't wait to see how far the Literature Challenge. Again, it's literaturechallenge.net. Yes. Um, so thanks, and Happy New Year, everybody. Yes, Happy New Year. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen. <laughs>